You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com. Hi, I'm Vanessa. And I'm Abby. And you're listening to Real Moms of Bravo, a weekly Bravo podcast where we recap your favorite Bravo shows in 30-ish minutes or less. And since we're still covering five shows, we'll try to stick to the 30 minutes or so. But I mean, I guess we should just dive right into Shaw's. I felt like Shaw started so strong. And this I this last episode was a waste for me. I mean, the the only shining moment was a rodent-like animal. And other than that, I I just felt like I didn't get anything from this episode. I thought it was I agree with you. I thought it was pretty meh. Honestly, I could have handled another 30 minutes of destiny in that possum. I that was so riveted. I want to know what happened to the possum now. She legitimately found her calling as a possum midwife. Like she was cheering the possum on. She was saying the right things. Like if you've ever been in labor, like to hear like you are strong, you are crazy, like that would have been like, yes, I got this. No other time in a woman's life does she want to hear you're crazy, but like I think she meant like crazy strong. And I loved her words of encouragement for the possum. It was hilarious. And if you didn't watch the episode or you don't watch Shaw's, you should watch this little bit. She had a flat tire. She's waiting for the tow truck. And this possum comes out of the bushes. I She was freaked out at first, but then she saw that the possum, I don't know how she determined if it's in labor or if it truly was in labor, but well, she was, was supportive. Well, it was to like walk. At first I thought I had a broken leg. And then when she was like, oh my God, it's pregnant. I don't know if it was actually in labor, but it was definitely pregnant. And you made a note about this. And then I went and looked it up. Possums are nocturnal. So for yeah. her to see in the middle of the day, it was like kismet. It was meant to be. I know, but I would have been freaked out for that reason alone. I'd be like, We're, you're not supposed to be have out you, during the day. Ugh. Have you ever seen a possum while you're driving at night and it's just like in the road and like runs across and it's beady little eyes staring at oh. you? It's the most, like to my core, like right now, it just creeps me out. Like it, at my core, it sends chills. I, I hate possums, but I no. liked this one. No, I makes me want to throw up, but this one was a likable possum of all possums. <laughs> but I mean, I uh, guess we did see Destiny and Reza make up. Do you think they're going to, that's, they're no. really, truly good? I I want to believe it. I really, really do. But no, I think even Mike was touching on it. Like we're all kumbaya and happy, but we don't really do that in real life. I don't, I just, I don't think Reza meant it. I think he was just more focused on... I'm pissed off at Mercedes. I was a little bit upset because in the preview, it made it sound, uh, Destiny made it sound like she was not told to do that. And she even said when she was talking to Golnessa that Mercedes didn't tell her. But then later she said when she talked to Ali, he said, I'm sorry, Mercedes told me when I was supposed to say this. 
Hmm. I just, I don't know if I buy it. It's weird. I also just think if I were Reza, why aren't you just talking to Mercedes? Uh, yeah. And I'm partial. So I was actually intrigued by how 50, 50 people split are between being team MJ or team Reza. I'm mainly team MJ just because of everything she went through for labor. And if someone called me while I just got ripped open like that, I just am more impartial to being sensitive to someone in that situation. But you're absolutely right. He should just talk to her, but that would be boring. And side note, if, if side note, we are part of this little Bravo Facebook group and it's someone who is associated with reality TV did say that this drama on Shaw's is real and not overly scripted. So she was on Watch What Happens Live and she said that they have not talked to one another and that the only like words they've exchanged is some weird interaction at BravoCon. And Reza was basically bragging at BravoCon that they're great, their friendship is better. But I thought it was interesting because someone said, have you met Shams yet? And he said, no, not yet. And at that point, the baby was a couple months old. Yeah. Like, if, if you haven't seen my kid within the first three months and we live in the same city and we're apparently family, we've got some problems. Oh, absolutely. And you're right at BravoCon, they did make it seem like everything was kosher. Everything was cool. Like, man, I wonder what was happening behind the scenes because I was kind of shocked that everything was all buttoned up given how, you know, everything turned out with his backyard getting destroyed and how nasty things had gotten that they were just all smiles and, and great, but I guess not. So we'll continue to see how that unfolds. I know. Well, speaking of disappointments, I also felt like Atlanta did not deliver this week. There were a few moments where I'm like, okay, okay, here we go. And then it fell flat. I just, maybe I'm being too critical and I'm expecting too much out of reality TV nowadays. Um, it's or, because New Jersey really delivered, which we'll get to in a yes, <laughs> shortly. Maybe, but- I mean, at New Jersey sets the bar high very often. But typically Atlanta can rise to that bar and sometimes surpass it. So I was just so disappointed that this episode, I mean, Nini actually showed up. Seemed like Nini was going to maybe be the old Nini, not put up with Kenya's bullshit. She's the only one that will go toe to toe with Kenya and Kenya sometimes backs down. So I was kind of excited to see that. And it really, I mean, they were just so fake in their encounter, but it starts off with Cynthia and Mike talking and Cynthia is reading the manuscript for Open Mike, which is his book about his life. First of all, I didn't think he was this important that like his, he needed a book about his life. Correct me if I'm wrong. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. I mean, I think he might be. I felt like he's, his face looked familiar to me um, from he's like sports a world. Caster, but I've never, I mean, but, he's not like on ESPN or on the sidelines of NFL games. No, I trust mean, me. I, I've been watching the NFL like my whole life. <laughs> I I agree with you, though. He doesn't need a book. I mean, clearly he might be – I feel like this is a book he's funding himself, but it's more so that he can say, and this <laughs> yeah. is his little storyline on the show. Most likely. But so she's reading about all these infidelities, and then naturally she's like, hmm, you've basically cheated on everyone. You're All your friends are women. You're not friends with guys. Like there's some red flags here. And I think Cynthia's wondering – should she be concerned? And I think it's natural to think what's different about us. And so she just sort of starts talking about him. And he says something like, she says, well, I don't cheat. That's the one thing I don't cheat. He's like, well, you haven't, but you never know. And she got pretty upset. I was like, no, 
I would not cheat. And it turned into this awkward fight between them. And ultimately they decided they need to get counseling. But it just made me wonder, I mean, if you, if you knew he had all these infidelities, I don't think it was a secret. And it took reading a book to ask about it. Maybe you guys aren't to that point where you should even be engaged right now. I felt like this is a Tom and Luann 2.0. Like everything's yes. unraveling. Oh my God. Everything's unraveling in their relationship. They seemed a little, I mean, I don't want to say too good to be true because you can have a happy relationship and healthy relationship and still have struggles. But from what we've seen of those two, it's been pretty chill and really, really great. <laughs> Hashtag chill. It was really chill. But I felt like the conversation they were having is something you should talk about before you even get married. And I commend um, Cynthia for saying, yeah, let's get counseling. We should know how to argue with each other. I thought that was like good advice. I've heard that as well from that Michelle Obama's book. But anyhow, <laughs> I, I just thought his response was very, very strange. And that to me would be kind of a red flag. Like you've cheated on all these other women. And now all of a sudden I'm the one you would never cheat on. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. Like, that is yeah. like flattering, but also just seems kind of red flaggish to me. A hundred percent. I love that you said it reminds you of Tom and Luann 2.0 because there was another part of this episode where like, hmm, I've heard this storyline before. Someone throwing an event and tagging majority of the group, but not one person (laughs) gave me major flashbacks to Katie uh, Schwartz. I forgot her maiden name. Was it like Maloney? Maloney? Maloney. Yeah. So Katie Schwartz's girls night out because see you next Tuesday had come to an end because she got James fired and she tagged a bunch of people and didn't tag Billy Lee. I actually didn't think it was mean spirited because her and Billy Lee weren't friends, but we're not diving into past seasons of Vanderpump. I just like, wow, Bravo is getting a little bit desperate. We're recycling a lot of storylines, but basically Kenya is helping Mike, not Mike. I'm sorry. Mark. (laughs) Mark. Ken, you mean Ken is helping Mark. Ken. Yes, we got to dive into that too. <laughs> and so she starts tagging couples to, that are going to be at the event. And it's, I think his, his cause is great. It's about providing mentors and supporting young Black men to show them that, you know, there's a life that they can have that maybe they don't always see. And it's it's a really good cause. I think it's awesome that he's doing that. I don't know if I love him as a person, but I love I love that charity. And so he wanted to invite all the couples and he wanted the housewives husbands to be there to be great examples and to show these men like what you can do and being successful and talk to them and see what it takes. And she tagged Greg, but not Nini, which is the biggest Kenya shade move ever. And I loved it. (laughs) It's so ridiculous. And she is so stubborn. So Kenya, as we know, has no problem talking shit to people, calling them out. I mean, hello, the drum line that she brought at Marlo's event. But Ken, and your more hair. Yes, and Ken, your more hair. Ken is quiet <laughs> and doesn't say anything. And I found that whole interaction so interesting and in how it's very, very bizarre watching how submissive she is in her relationship because she's such a strong and dominant personality. But that was super, super petty. And if your husband's asking you to be kumbaya and be a bigger person, you're not being a bigger person by not tagging him. I think Candy or someone said that in their confessional. And it was, I was like, yeah, 
you're not yeah. really helping out. It's also, I mean, it's such an immature move. Do you really think that Greg's going to show up without Nini? And it's for a charity. That's the thing too. It's not like you're having this exclu- like exclusive black and white party at your house and it's just a bit, or at, even at an event space and you're just choosing not to invite Nini. Still shady. But if it's something for a charity and you want Greg to be there, I think it's only right to extend an invitation to Nini as well. But Nini nailed it on the head when she goes, that man is scary. He's like the principal over there. (laughs) And he was she was imitating how Ken was acting. And we're we're nicknaming her Ken for those who haven't watched it. That's what Mark calls her. It's Ken. And they were all even did their like imitations like Ken. And like she just kind of shuts up. And it's very odd. I mean, it makes me think there's like a weird controlling factor going on that we're maybe not seeing all of it, like borderline. I'm not like, but it's like a mental mind game he's playing with her. Oh, absolutely. And I think it might be a side of her he maybe doesn't know about. He doesn't know about the Kenya Moore, the twirl, like that person, that that persona that she's created for herself on TV. So it just makes me wonder that she doesn't feel comfortable showing that side. Yeah. Especially though in that situation when it was all about supporting his cause and he wanted to get everyone together for that reason. So it wasn't probably the most appropriate thing, but I her face when Nini went in for that hug. Nini was being so over the top and extra, and I was loving. Oh, it. I loved it. This, <laughs> this is, is the, the Nini, Nini I've been waiting for. Yes, Same, but oh, her face so was so it was so cringeworthy, and she was like, "Oh my god, get off me!" It was so funny. She acted like nothing was wrong, and yeah, that's I, the Nini we enjoy seeing. Well, and Nini is like, "Do we have an issue?" Because I don't have an issue, and it was like, "We'll talk about this later. We'll talk about this later. We will talk about this at another time and place." And Nini was just so like shit grin and like, well, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong. And I'm just so happy to be here. It was just, I loved the, I, Nini was, she killed it. I've missed that Nini. I'm glad she's back. If she continues to give us that Nini, I want her for more seasons to come for sure. For sure. Whew. Now Vanderpump. <laughs> well, it well. was an interesting episode. I can't figure out if, because I think you and I are on the same side. I can't figure out if we're in the minority or the the majority. But before we dive into that, let's talk about Brittany's bridal shower. I wouldn't, I don't know. Would you ever want, want Disney princesses at anything that's an event about you? No, I have to be honest (laughs) and sorry for those of you. I have to be honest and those of you. I know because I feel like I'm going to insult someone. I have to be honest, those of you who listen, and if any of you are huge Disney lovers, this is not a reflection of you. This is Brittany. But I'm always a little weary of people who are in their 20s and 30s who are really obsessed with Disney and that whole princessy thing. It's just kind of a weird thing to me. I I don't get it. Well, I think there's a difference. Like I see people who are like, I love the magic of Disney World and the sense of being a kid again and remember excited you were to go see a movie in a movie theater and there's some like nostalgia there and I understand that I've actually never been to Disney World really I've like popped into Epcot one time on a work trip I get that but the people who are obsessed with like you said like princesses and wanting everything to be a fairy tale and I just think Brittany like I mean she asked everybody with like the rose from Beauty and the Beast like she just takes it to like a level where it's a little odd that this 30 year old I think she's 30 I mean, thir- I don't know. Maybe we're 30-ish. being generous by saying she's just 30. Yeah. 30-ish. Well, but I know Jackson I mean, 40, and then so I'm guessing she's like 30. It's just kind of odd. I don't I agree. 
But it's her- very odd. And then later on, she gets upset about people being mad. I mean, Brittany, I'm sorry. Any just laugh at fucking off and ignore it. People are going to well, think it's weird that you have Disney princesses at your party, no matter what. Like, just laugh it she off. Also, she contradicted herself there. And I'm going to save that point to when we get into the fight that's with uh, Sandoval and Jax and Brittany. But prior to the the big bridal shower. So, you know, everyone's kind of talking like, yeah, did you see what Brittany and Jax's pastor has been saying? And what was really interesting is almost everyone confirmed it. Ariana. Stasi, who was a big in the corner for Brittany and Jax, Sandoval, even Lisa and Brittany on Watch What Happens Live six months prior, there were some comments being made that were homophobic. I, I'm just going to say this. I think they are homophobic. A lot of people were commenting on one of our posts saying homophobia means fear of gay people. And there's a difference between fearing them and not liking them. I'm kind of, I, in my mind, if you can't accept a person, I'm going to because they're gay, I'm going to label you as homophobic. I, that's just. Oh, I absolutely. I mean, the statements, anyone, I mean, if you've read yeah. them, like, I don't it, think they like horrible. Yeah. They it were all so because bad. a person is gay. Like it had not, if, if you took away the word gay and just read that statement, it's, it's horrible. It's horrible. It's what I'm trying to say. There's no leg to stand on. The statements were made because of someone being gay. And, yeah. and it was horrible. It was just, it was horrible. I think for people who claim to be allies, just because it's like, you know, like you made a note about this. We talked about it on one of our posts. You know, Jack says, like, I don't know if you believe in cows and you worship cows doesn't bother me. I, and he's, I think he said, like, I don't give a shit. Well, if you're going to be someone who claims that you're an ally and you're going to walk, like walk on the Vanderpump float and a pride parade and wave a rainbow flag in support of gay people that doesn't mean you just do it when it's fun and it's a party it also means when you hear someone say something you disagree with or that you know is hurtful to another group of people whether it's gay or racist or saying something about the transgender community you speak up and you tell that person like i'm not going to be involved in this conversation if that's what you're going to talk about you don't have to be mean or physical but you you end it and so Jax was kind of like oh it doesn't bother me which is almost exactly like what causes so many problems in this country. It's the sense of like, well, I'm not gay, so I'm not going to say anything. Well, and I think there's like some quote was like, I don't know. It was like, you know, they made fun of people who were eating apples and I wasn't eating an apple. So I didn't say anything. And then they made fun of people who I I can't remember the quote, but eventually it comes down to the fact that like, I'm the last person left and there's no one left to stand up for me because I didn't stand up for anyone else. So that's what I was trying to get at. I think Jack should have said something. I should think they should have nipped it in the bud. I think it was pretty disgusting. It took Lisa calling them to tell them. Oh, yes. And I think, too, I mean, listen, like, yes, you're going to have people in your life you don't agree with. I personally could not have a relationship with someone who's homophobic because as someone I have pride, proud, have pride, ugh, can I talk, pride in myself of being an ally to the LGBTQ community. I, I couldn't do that. However, whatever, there's people out there who can and blink an eye and turn. But the thing is, this is someone who's marrying you in such a big moment in your life. And I just don't, uh, you want that person to represent who you are as a couple. And if they believe in something like that, and like you said, all the points you made about being an ally, I just, it doesn't feel good. And then to then get rid of him because of Lisa, because of if Lisa didn't say anything, I'm not sure they would have gotten rid of this guy. And, and then to get rid of him and then do like yeah. do the complete opposite and have Lance Bass, which again, great. 
show that you're, that was like a PR move, like dream exactly. there for them. But it felt a little calculated, but I would like to think. And they were bragging about it. The way they were bragging about it was killing me. It's like, like, did you see we got Lance Bass? Can you believe we have Lance Bass? And it's like, oh, because at the last minute you decided, yeah, maybe we should kick the homophobic pastor at the curb. I also really disagreed. I want to say something about this. I hate when people use where they're from as a cop out for homophobic comments. Being that we're both from the Midwest, you know, we I guess you could easily fall on that excuse. Brittany was saying, like, I, you know, in Kentucky, where I'm from, I think it is 2020. I don't care if you're in backwoods, Alabama, if you're in a forest and outside of Portland, Oregon. I think all of us know that treating people that just be, like treating people differently because they are different from you is wrong. So I wanted to make a comment about that. But I I hated how they were bragging about Lance Bass. It, it felt very PR move to me too. It felt very strange and I, again, and they nipped it. So this kind of brings us to, well, actually there's a couple of moments that took us to the ultimate fight, but let's take a pause from there. But what was your thought about Bo and still the one? (laughs) I was just getting ready to say like, looks like we made it. Okay. So two things about this. It's, she's talking about no one thought they were going to get there. I get his whole point of like, you know, we had our ups and downs. There's probably better love songs out there for it. Also, at the time that Shania Dwayne wrote this, unbeknownst to her, her she wrote it about her husband. She didn't know this at the time. He was having a long-standing affair with her best friend. So, like, the history of the song is kind of sad. A couple of people messaged us, like, that was my song. It was probably your song in, like, 1998, and that's okay. That's, like, if you had a Backstreet Boys song in the year 2000, I'm not going to judge you. Like, you know, my, you might've had, I want it that way. That would've been a little weird, but you know what I mean? But yeah. like, now knowing all the history, would you ever pick that song? It just, to me, brings attention to everything. I thought Bo nailed it is that the song brings attention to everything they say they're not supposed to talk about. Like yeah. it, it, it brings it up. Like you're saying, looks like we made it. And it alludes to all the struggles in the relationship, yet no one else can talk about it. So that's also what makes it super, super weird to me. His reactions during that moment killed me because he, you could tell he was like, wait, you guys are serious. Like he thought yeah, it like, was oh, a wait, joke. You're real? This is, and then he kept thinking it was a joke. He's like, it's a joke. No, it's a joke. It's real. It's real. His face. He was all of us in that moment. I, I loved it. It was, it was, it was hilarious. It was hilarious. But so basically then we, this leads up to the fight. And I think, so Sandoval pulls Jax aside and says, I want to talk to you about something. And he starts asking about the pastor. And Jax's like, not now, not now. And he goes, I just want to know why it took until Lisa saying something for you guys to do something. And Jax got really mad saying that's not the case. But Sandoval's whole point was, you know, six months prior is when the first couple of statements came out. And Brittany claims that she only saw the one comment. She asked him about it. And he said, the pastor said, I'm not homophobic, which like read his freaking tweet. And you would have known that wasn't true. And she let it go. And then Sandoval was saying, people are tagging you and all like commenting on the, this pastor's tweets and they're tagging all of us in it. How are you not seeing it? And she said, I don't check every comment or something like that. But moments before she's crying about all the comments on her bridal shower. So clearly she's on social media looking at comments. And wasn't one of the points Jax was trying to make in this argument that Sandoval never said anything prior to just, he said, 
I don't agree with what Jack's saying, but Jack's counter argument was like, hey, he's never said anything to me before. And now he's saying something to me on camera. Did he say that? Am I dreaming that? Yeah, I think that's what he thought it was like. He did it on purpose. But I mean, I think part of it was the timing. Like, I think they were all waiting for them to do something. And I, I think I'm sure like, I mean, Lala had said like, you know, what do we say? What am I going to say to this pastor when I see him? Ariana was feeling very uncomfortable about it. And so then everybody blows up at Sandoval. Maybe it wasn't the right time and place to do it. I don't think it's fair to say it's not fair, like that they shouldn't have done it on camera because you signed up for a reality show. You're putting your wedding on well, a reality also show. He so he wants to be on the right side of the conversation, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. he, he wants to be on the right side of the conversation, which he's savvy enough being on reality TV long enough to know how this works and knows, I know how backlash from an episode works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I just, I thought Brittany was over the top. I mean, maybe it was calculated by Sandoval. I don't know. A lot of people have commented and I agree with this. If he feels so strongly that Jax should have said something, why are Max and Brent still working at TomTom? Well, TomTom and Sir, when they've made racist tweets. Absolutely. I, I totally And that might be more at least the call. I mean, particularly the one uh, Brent at Sir, but that is a, it is a very valid point. And I agree. I just think in that moment, I don't think it was fair that everybody yelled at Sandoval and that's what made it a big fight. He wasn't trying to make it into anything. And he honestly was pretty calm. He didn't come at it in a way that was, he wasn't trying to attack him. I, I really felt like he approached it in a very calm manner. Schwartz is the only one that was like on his side and kind of got it. And he was like, didn't mean anything malicious from it. It was a legitimate question. And given what we've seen of that friendship from when, from when they started filming, you start to see the ties between the two. I'm butchering a saying, but you're starting to see them pull apart from each other. So, I mean, they're, they're not talking to each other as often, I would imagine at that point. So it was just, I thought everyone jumping on um, him was unnecessary. I thought Lala, I, I usually love Lala, but I'm like, Lala, come on. You were just talking about how uncomfortable you were. Like, yeah. I mean, I know it's two weeks before your wedding, but also you made this decision two weeks before your wedding. So it, I don't know. It was, it was, it's messy, messy, it very is. messy. And I, I give Sandoval, I give Sandoval props. Team Sandoval. I'm team Sandoval. I agree. Uh, so on the Jersey shore, they're still on vacation and let's just say the husbands won this episode. I love the Jersey shore husbands because they all seem like they enjoy one another. They don't let the drama between their wives get in the way. And this episode was just so much fun to watch. It's so much fun. And I am so sad after watching this episode that it's almost done. So look, comparing New Jersey and Atlanta, quick side note, they're both at around 16, 17 episodes. Yeah, Atlanta is still continuing. To me, this Jersey season felt very short. They've short got... We had 23 episodes total with uh, OC, including the three reunion pieces. So that was 20 normal episodes. It just feels weird that we're cutting Jersey short by four. Uh, I think next week, we Italy's just a little bit of it. Unless Italy was just terrible and they didn't have enough filming, why, that should have been its own special or another episode. Oh, absolutely. Anyhow, going back to your point, the Jersey men are fucking amazing. I really oh want gosh. them to have a spinoff. I want to go on vacation with them. I want... 
Joey Gorga to force Patron down my throat, even though I'm going to hate every second of it. I want that to happen. Less flipping houses, more like (laughs) flipping them. Yeah. I want an inspirational quote slash Tito's and Patron shoved down my throat. I mean, I guess we, I think we can just like jump almost to that part. I I loved the, so they decided they're going to do this activity. They're all talking about it at dinner. The men are all going deep sea fishing. The women, I felt like were kind of lame. Like, like we want to go parasailing, but none of them really wanted to go. And then and that was um, Jennifer, Dolores, and Teresa decided that they'll go parasailing together, even though Teresa and Dolores had no interest in going. And it sounded like Jennifer really didn't want to do it either, but she was going to give it a whirl. And then the other three, Marge, Jackie, and Melissa, go putt-putt golfing. I, I've never understood the fun of putt-putt golfing on vacations. I don't get it either. It's so fucking boring. I it's like one of those things I feel like you would do with younger children, like exactly middle, like middle school age where you're like forcing them to hang out with you. But as a grown adult, I have no desire. Actually, you know what, though? I take that back. I in Kansas City, the Nelson Atkins Museum had an awesome putt putt that was inspired by art pieces. And I did that as a quick little date. It was, I think, nine holes total. It was short. It was actually really fun. So here I am dogging. So there's it one. And, and then, but yet I've done it recently and I actually really enjoyed it. <laughs> but I just felt like I actually like parasailing, but I don't like going with people like, oh, my God, I'm so afraid of heights. I'm going to throw up. And they all three were acting like that. I'm like, sign me out for all the activities. I don't want to do any of those. I want to go on the boat with the guys. So they they get on the boat and they go deep sea fishing and they're all just pounding alcohol they make Jennifer's husband, Dr. Aiden, unbutton um, his shirt a little bit. They give him a new nickname. They are slamming so much alcohol down him. He's just slamming Cool Ranch Doritos. He is the epitome of a frat guy. And I loved every single second of it. And they all looked like they were having so much fun. They were laughing with each other. It just, I, they are all so adorable together. Oh my God. And he was racing. Tony is his Guido name. I mean, Bill has redeemed himself. Bill's a little robotic, but I actually really enjoy Bill slash Tony, maybe Tony a little more. I thought it was hilarious and it was nice for him to get a little bit more drunk than his wife for once. Yes. I mean, he was the one doing the tequila secretly, not not Jennifer. Uh, I mean, other than that, though, I feel like there wasn't. Oh, my God. Are you forgetting? I don't. Well, I mean, what? Oh, the at the end, yes. the revelation. <laughs> yes, yes. But like the, I felt like with the women, like I, I thought there was going to be a little bit of a fight. I didn't, I didn't think it was the most appropriate thing for Jennifer to say to Jackie, "Oh, you can chug a beer, but or you can what was it? You can it's chug a beer, but you can't chug beers. A yeah, yeah. I, I was just like, <laughs> okay, like let's not make everything okay. about a blowjob. Yeah. Calm down. And then what was the comment between her and Marge? I don't even remember it verbatim. I do feel like Marge Marge should have just stopped. So, well, there was the thing about um, the, so Jennifer brought up Marge saying she doesn't have a job. And she was like, I don't think, I didn't know Jennifer worked. And then they just kept going with it. I didn't think that was fair to Jennifer. And then they kept, she just kept talking about um, just how she's disgusting. She takes it too far. And I feel like she, I, she said one, like Jennifer said one thing to Marge and then Marge and um, Joe got up and left. That was the end. Like, and uh, the Gorgas and Jackie, the gold, Jackie and her husband and Evan, golden gold. What is it? Gold Schneider. Gold Schneider. That's right. 
they, uh, Jackie and Evan, they left too. It really ended up not being that big of a deal. Like the next day, I felt like um, the men were all fine. The women still did their separate things, but whatever. The big thing though at the end, yes, is Melissa decides she's going to meet with Danielle. And she's going to tell Danielle that basically everybody but Teresa wants nothing to do with her. And they don't want her back in the group. And the main reason is she took took it to a new level with being violent. And then Danielle just drops the bomb. I, I mean, were you shocked that production actually the proved bomb that Teresa told her to do it? I was shocked. I was truly shocked. I was not expecting Beverly to actually have some receipts and then the producers to do Teresa like that. I was absolutely shocked. And I, I don't even know how Teresa can backpedal from this. I mean, if I was Marge, I would stop talking to her. Like, I wouldn't want someone, especially given how Marge has had so many moments where she says she's trying to, like, connect with Teresa and feel for her. And then all of a sudden, she's encouraging this woman to pull her hair and well, it explains physically why. attack her. Like, it's just bananas. But it all makes sense now. It explains why Teresa immediately ran after Danielle and it took Danielle's back. And everyone's like, you need to tell her she was wrong. And, you, you know... Everyone's like, I don't understand why Teresa is still sticking up for Danielle after she's proven to be violent. Well, of course she's going to stand up for Danielle. She told her to do it. She probably feels a little sense of guilt now that of the huge backlash. I, but more than anything, I was just shocked that production was like, not only so typically in a situation like that, Danielle would say that and they would save it for like a reunion or eventually it would leak that Danielle was telling the truth but never in the, the episode right there. I think all of us as viewers, like our jaws drop and they then go back to that scene and they show the clip. And sure enough, I mean, Teresa goes, Danielle said that guy, the owner says, I should pull Marge's ponytail. And Teresa goes, yeah, you should. And then you see Teresa saying, do it, do it, do it. I, and she it, did it. It's so fucked up. <laughs> it's so fucked up. It's such a crazy, crazy, crazy thing. Like, And I don't even think, and the thing is, yes, Marge poured water on her, and I, I don't think that's the equal. I think what Danielle did, I, I'm not even justifying. This sounds crazy that I'm like, okay, this is where the fight should have ended. <laughs> I was like, Marge, you poured water. Danielle, you dumped the purse and like t- like $600 candle or whatever, but that should have ended right there. There's no need for her to pour yeah. her. But that... Beverly's fucking crazy for her to even do it. Like, clearly, I mean, that's she's the just in the too. wrong, but... I guess, I mean, I guess if you've been drinking a lot and someone's telling you, I don't know. It's fucked but, up. I can't wait yeah. for next week. And I'm so sad that's the last episode. Or this week. Not even next week. This week. I can't wait. I know. I, I mean, this is going to be a big finale. I'm more excited now for this reunion because they've cut the season so short. But, um, yeah. it's. I also, I think Danielle's going to show up on the reunion. Don't you think? Oh, yes. She's going to be there. And this is going to be the beginning of the fallout of their friendship, Danielle and Teresa, which and a part of me is like, of all the things that Danielle's done, most of it's been all on her. But Teresa, I'm like, this is just as much as on you. Like, you're just mad that she called you out on your shit. Pretty much. Yeah. And this is going to be the first time that Teresa's going to can't. I don't know how she's going to backpedal. Like you said, she's going to have to face up to this. Oh, absolutely. She'll find a way, I'm sure. Oh, of course Uh, she will. But on Summer House, we had to witness. Like, we can keep this one a little, a little more brief because uh, it's basically everybody got really drunk. There's a lot of hot tub flirting going on, but Carl and uh, and Hubs had the Lindsay. most uncomfortable 
first date ever. The most uncomfortable first date. One, Lindsay, I don't know how many shooters of fireball she gave him and how many she had, but <laughs> you had a note about this. But who the fuck is like, let's take a ton of fireball shots and then start answering like deep personal questions. That's something you do like after midnight, I feel like. That's like a late night. Well, we're super hammered part, yeah. and then now let's have a heart to heart and listening to was, some throwback songs and like maybe do that. But Yes. Like I thought it was going to be something cute because they were like, you know, usually on a first date, you ask someone about their family and their job and their friends, but we already know all that about each other. So we're basically going on our sixth date. And she's like, so let's, you know, do some fireball and ask each other the questions we don't know. And again, like setting it up like a little bit for, you know, a slippery slope, but like the way they edited it, the second question was, something but I mean it was I think it was like do you want to be married and then he started talking about their commitment I don't even remember where it went south but I didn't feel like Carl said anything alarming then Lindsay was triggered and <laughs> got like really yeah, I really think they had mad. a lot more fireball than we saw yeah oh my god but then they I were, really kept no- watching that the sushi wasn't touched at all I was like I feel like they've all they've done is drink and not eat most and it's likely. probably awkward too being the rooftop he's trying to be romantic clearly he should have thought about having people around in a restaurant to fill the silence <laughs> or fill the noise to fill the silence because it's just him and the camera crew. And then they were fine though. They get to the Hamptons and I, they're like uber coupley. It was weird. I felt bad for Danielle. They're, they're she was not okay worthy. No. And I feel like as I feel like they're giving her a hard time, but watching it as a viewer and I couldn't imagine being there in person, I would want to throw up as well. And I mean, spoiler well, alert, you oh, see yeah. on Instagram, I mean, it seems to be that they're not they decide good. they're better off as friends, which I'm glad because it just feels very forced and weird. Yeah. I also, yeah, it felt very weird. It felt very forced. Like I get that they're good friends and they have fun together, but they, I hate, this is very, Sheena. they're like, it is my best friend. I also think it's really uncomfortable when it's two friends and they're talking to other people. Like if we date, it's going to change the friendship. Well, you both have basically acknowledged to one another. You have feelings for each other. So the friendship has changed already. Like I oh, hate when it, like, it would change our friendship. Bang. Yeah. I'm like, it's already changed. That shit's yeah. changed. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't, that conversation isn't even worth having anymore. Like you've already no. changed it. No. And, I also hate how they do this whole, like, we know each other better than anyone. Even Danielle's like, oh, really? Like, you know him better than anyone? It was just very uncomfortable for the girls. I did love, though, how they were all like, Carl, it turns out you're a good kisser. I mean, they were all talking about how he's a really good kisser. Oh, and I find him less and less attractive as the season progresses, too. Ugh. I've never found him attractive. I thought he was attractive, like, in the Workus Twins days. I was like, okay, you know, he's kind of cute. And now I'm like, yeah. oh. We did meet him. He is a nice guy. I feel kind of bad He's very that. nice. Very, yeah. very nice. He's and he cute, was telling you nice. where to buy all the, the Pittsburgh stuff for your husband. He's yeah. a very nice guy. He's a cute, I, cute sweet, nice, yeah. I guess is all. I, I mean, I would go for that Minnesota hockey player. Oh, Luke. Lucas. Lucas. Yeah. So should we end the episode with a bang, a different kind of bang? Yeah. <laughs> a different kind of bang. Yeah. Well, of course, our shout out. Yes, that's our shout out. Oh, I'm like, yes, that's is exactly what I'm I don't know about. It's, no, it's really I was just not being provocative, thing. just feeling but, uh, like being provocative. Our, <laughs> our shout out this week goes to the amazing possum who uh, let a live camera crew film some of her labor 
And we know that's not always easy to do. I would not have let a live camera crew in. Um, no, all jokes aside, we are giving it to the possum. It made us laugh. It was hilarious. Uh, I think in a week where a lot of shows fell short, it it really gave us what we wanted. <laughs> to the possum. Well, who should we name her? I want to name her like Betty for some reason. Betty the possum. I was thinking Peggy. Peggy Peg- the possum. Oh, Peggy's great. Well, what you know what? Maybe, you Peggy? It's, maybe it's Peggy and she's pregnant with a Betty. Oh, there we go. I just named her. Do possums have like a, I feel like possums have like a, a big litter. I have no idea, but I'm sure oh, somebody will. DM them. So so someone please message us and tell us. Please. I'm going to die. If somebody in here is like a wildlife, like that's your job and you know all about possums, like please DM me. This is the type of thing where I'll go down a rabbit hole all day researching once somebody gives me like a little piece of information. So that's something you want to talk to me about. Just slide into our DMs and we can talk possums all day. But uh, if you don't want to talk possums all day, you want to talk to us about anything Bravo related, you want to give us feedback on something you think we should cover. We got a lot of suggestions for bonus episodes that we're working on. Love is Blind will be one of them. Don't worry. We appreciate that. So if you um, have no idea what we're talking about right now, you need to be following us on Instagram at Real Moms of Bravo. If you're not already subscribing to our podcast, please do so. And please, we say this every time, but it really makes a difference. Leave us a five-star rating and a review so that we can uh, improve our availability on the algorithm algorithms and more and more people can hear from us and we can get more suggestions and create more bonus episodes for you. And with that, we will catch you next week. Hi, I'm Allie Raisman. I've been living with migraine for a while. As an athlete and gymnast, I was taught to just power through the pain. Now I use Ubrelvi or Ubrojapan to treat my migraine attacks. As soon as I feel a migraine attack, I take Ubrelvi, which provides me with quick relief. Once I get relief, I go on with my day. I'm partnering with Ubrelvi to share my migraine story. Ubrelvi quickly stops migraine in its tracks within two hours without worrying where you are. Most people had quick pain relief within two hours. Ubrelvi treats migraine attacks in adults and is not for prevention. It's available by prescription only. Do not take Ubrelvi with strong CYP3A4 inhibitors. Tell your healthcare provider about all the medicines you take. Most common side effects are nausea and tiredness. My hope is that by sharing my migraine story and the relief I get from Ubrelvi, it can help someone else. Ask your doctor about Ubrelvi, the anytime, anywhere migraine medicine. Learn more at ubrelvy.com or call 844-4-U-B-R-E-L-V-Y. Sponsored by AbbVie.